Hey everyone, and thanks for tuning in to this week's message. My name's Aaron, and I'm on the staff team here at Eastlake. Everything we do around here depends on the generous donations of our local and online community. People just like you, who tune into these messages and see great benefit from living that idea that life is a gift and love is the point. So if you love what Eastlake is up to, we'd encourage you to contribute by going to eastlakecc.com. With that, let's jump into this week's message. Today, Jason Lewis talks with his sister Callie as they continue our series, Life to the Full. Please check the description for links to our quarterly Spotify playlist and guided meditation. Well, hey everyone, and welcome back to Eastlake for week two of Life to the Full. I'm really excited you guys were able to join us for week one. If not, and you haven't seen it, I hope you go back and watch it as we kind of just started to talk about what we as individuals need to consider about ourselves, our interests, our passions, the things in our life uniquely that bring us a sense of fullness, a sense of meaning and excitement around our lives. And in week two, I was really hopeful to catch my sister and her partner, but he has to travel to Africa, which I know it sounds like I made up an excuse, but the truth is, is that is the reality. (laughs) Um, And so, but I was able to get my sister to be here to have um, another conversation where we literally touched on everything, right? Life to the full exists in one part as individuals, for sure. And it's about our interests and our passions and the things we like and the things that mean a great deal to us. But the other big part of life that tends to make our lives feel full comes from relationships. And that's where it can get kind of tricky because oftentimes we may even have a decent idea of who we are as an individual. But once we get into relationship where there's duty and roles, responsibility, even some obligations, it can become incredibly easy to abandon who we are in servitude of maybe the relationship or we may fear that we will not retain the love we'd hope to have if we voice our own desires Um, and so the problem then becomes that it's incredibly challenging to hold on to our sense that our life is full because we can make our lives about someone else. Um, and I struggle with that. I always have. And my sister Callie, who is, although much younger, much wiser than me, um, was someone that has been able to do it not only in such a lovely way in her friendships, relationships, her family ones, her work peers, all these other things, but Callie also is someone who has a very dynamic and unique partnership to someone who is very, very different from her and how they navigate it um, and how they've been able to do it in such a loving, encouraging, and life-giving way to one another's unique paths and um, beliefs and concepts of what life to the full is has been really, I think, inspiring to me. And it's part of why I wanted her to come on. So um, we talk about everything from boundaries to relationships to kids to all these other things. And so I hope you you take a chance to understand that even if you might not experience all the same contexts in relationship that my sister has in her life, that much of what she talks about really does apply to anyone's life and anyone that's in relationship of any kind. So I hope it's of use to you. I hope you enjoy it. And yeah, check it out. Is like when you think about your life, 
what is the thing for you that you're like, this is kind of where, and it can be a variety of things, yeah, right? Yeah. But what is like being, what's the spot where you're like, this is where I'm feeling the most meaning. And when I'm like in it, I'm like, man, this is where I feel like, man, I love my life. It's so good. I feel like for me, that's obviously with my kids, but and like with my family unit, my husband and my kids, but when I'm doing something with my family, that also feels like it's, I feel like everyone's talking about this now, but like healing your inner child, you know, where it's something that it's still f- like maybe something that I always wanted to do for my kids or an experience I always wanted to provide for my family that like even before ever, you know, having a family, something like that, where I'm able to do that together, like experience that together. That's probably where I'm like, this is why I'm working so hard and why I'm doing what I'm doing is to, to have these moments. When you like think about that, like give me an example of something where you're like, this is, this is like a space where I'm like, I'm, I'm healing my inner child and I'm, (laughs) and I'm hanging out with family and it's feeling great. Um, probably like, uh, obviously there's larger moments. Like we took, uh, the girls to San Diego last year and we went for like nine days and it was so fun and they just swam all day and we, you know, ate burritos every single day and did that kind of stuff. So it was just a really fun time and what it was just kind of about the kids and what they wanted to do. And that's something I want to provide for them. Like those moments where it's, it, it's that there's always a balance, but those moments where it is kid centered and it it is just fun and everyone's in on it together and genuinely having fun together. And then also it's like smaller things like being able to show up for my daughter's Sunday school graduation at the mosque. And I'm really happy and I'm there for her and we're present. I have the flowers, which I know she's really going to want. And it lasted a lot longer than I thought it was going to last, but we just stuck it out. And (laughs) at the end we, uh, we just celebrated her and she was so happy and felt really like proud of herself and was, um, just happy to have that, that support. And, um, it just, it's just like a nice moment where it just goes well. You know what I mean? There's no conflict. There's no, you know, I don't know. Something like that. That's where I'm I'm like, this is what it's about. So when I think about one, that's I totally get that. I think I feel like the same thing with Huck being able to do those moments is so they're just the best. They're yeah. so fun. But the other thing I, I know and I like I think is also kind of important to talk about is like sometimes what makes our life full is also built around like not just what we can do and what we get to do, but also a little bit of like what we didn't get. And what we didn't get to do, you know? So like, I think we all have that experience of like, man, if I could just do that, my life would be so great. Or like, if I just had this thing, or if I could just go to this place or whatever. Um, And I think one of the big differences, you know, with you and I is like how we've been able and how easy it's been to kind of build friendships into our life. Mm. I think part of that is one, I don't think I've ever had as good of boundaries as you have on like who I am and what I'm going to put up with. But I think the other part of it is too, is that you've all, you're also a very strong personality. And I think because of that coupled with your boundaries, I don't know if people, if they don't really know where they're at and don't know who they are, you, I think are someone that they're kind of like, yeah, I can't do this. Yeah. I fully agree. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you put people in that position, not intentionally, but I think it's kind of like, well, if you don't know, you're going to ask me to do something because you think we're best friends. And maybe I think we are best friends, but you think that includes I'm going to go to live music with you. And that means I will absolutely not, not be yet. there. Right. And Sorry. I think that's the thing we're like, but I think it also stems from 
like a little bit of how life was for you when you were young, trying to build friendships and what resources you had to cultivate to make your life mean something when you were younger. Do you get what I'm saying? Like if it wasn't easy to make friends, then you have to get good at honoring who you are and where you're at because you're already not getting accepted even when you try to play the game. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like growing up, like I definitely wanted to fit in initially. I remember in elementary school really wanting to fit in and it like wasn't working and I was coming home crying all the time. Like every day after school is like crying, crying, crying. And then (laughs) eventually my mom was just like... (laughs) (laughs) I was coming oh from school every day, crying, crying, crying. Just <laughs> <laughs> Nonstop crying. Um, but eventually, uh, my mom was just focusing on kind of like self-worth and like who you are in spite of what other people think and finding your value, like connecting to your, your kind of like innate value, I guess, and like not worrying so much about fitting in. And like, um, that's hard to do. Like, you know, maybe depending on your home life, I had a really supportive, um, home life and supportive family. So even if school felt kind of like bad, I could kind of come home and then I had the support and like a love of my family and then I could go back out and kind of try again. And then I found myself and felt like I'm just good, like how I am. And, and I had the privilege of people around me, like shoring me up and, and, um, like supporting that idea so it made it a lot easier to go out and make friends not make friends I really didn't care because I just was like well I know that no matter what like I'm still good and that confidence came came from within but also came from being reinforced from my you know people around me so I think that's important but I also think the thing is we look out at a world where people are very different and we're struggling in this time Mm -hmm. to figure out what counts and what matters and how do we walk alongside each other as very diverse and an increasingly diverse world, right. increasingly diverse cities and communities and schools. Um, and that has to do with how we can understand, I think, how people are creating meaning. If I look at something and I judge it from my perspective, it's very easy to kind of dismiss it versus if I think about, well, what is really going on there and do I understand why and what this person's gathering? So for you, I think you're your partner and your guys' relationship is is a really lovely example of two people who have very diverse and different stories Mm -hmm. finding a way to walk alongside each other and also support one another's experience of what a full life is. It being different for you, each of you. And if you would talk about that a little bit, I think it's super cool. Yeah, I think, so me and my husband are in an interfaith, intercultural marriage. He's Muslim. I was raised Christian um, and uh, I guess probably would still identify as Christian. And then he's from Senegal, West Africa, and he moved here like as an adult. So, um, we definitely have such different backgrounds and bring very different ideas and approaches to everything that we do. But I think that kind of the way that we navigate our relationship is, treat others the way you want to be treated. And I think those really simple things can kind of go in one ear and out the other, but when you really start thinking about how do you treat someone the way you want to be treated, it's actually so much harder than you would think. Because for example, like I want to, for me personally, I want to feel like complete autonomy, whether I'm a mom of two kids (laughs) and I'm free, you know? Yeah. Whether I'm a mom of two kids, whether I have a demanding career, whether I, 
you know, have all these other obligations and commitments, I still want to feel like I'm independent and I'm myself. I don't want to be this two becomes one kind of thing. That's not what I want to do. So I want to feel like if I say, hey, I want to go, I'm going to go on a, a girl's trip for a week overseas, you know, in the next six months and I have the time to do it. I have the money to do it, whatever. Um, I want to feel supported to do that. I don't want any questions or you know any doubt or something weird like i just want to just feel, you don't want to feel like you can't make a choice yeah i just want right. to feel like great like, like do that i want to cool. feel celebrated and i don't want to feel like oh how, how am i going to approach my husband about this like no i don't want to feel that way at the same time having a, a husband that is from another country he's going to have that a lot too where he's like hey i want to go home i want to visit family this came up i want to do this and sometimes it happens at times that are challenging in your life i remember we had our second daughter um, in 2019 or no, 20, what is it? 21, 2021 maybe. Um, yeah. And, uh, uh, shortly after we had her, um, he, there was some family things going on, um, at home for him. And it was really important that he went home. And at the same time, it's like, yeah, I have a, a six year old who's doing summer camp. And then I have a newborn and it would be easy to be like, Oh, but I really like, I need you here. But it's like, no, I, I really need to treat him the way I want to be treated, which is if that was me and my family needed me and they were across the world and I wanted to pick up and go within a matter of days, I need, I want to feel like I can go do that. And so, um, sometimes it calls on you to, kind of dig deep and like do the extra work and really step up and be the, be that person that's offering that support. But it also comes back in return. And so Aziz and I really like hold that value close to us, always treating each other the way we want to be treated. And, um, you know, even if it means that it's a little harder at times and you have to carry extra weight at times. Hey Eastlake, Peter here. Thanks so much for tuning in to watch this message. I wanted to do just a quick interruption to say thank you to so many of you who are making regular contributions to Eastlake. Eastlake is a nonprofit and everything that we do is because of a community of consistent and generous people who really believe in this place and want to see it continue. So uh, if you're a part of that community, thank you for how you make this place go. If you are tuning in regularly and are part of this community, but you haven't yet um, jumped in to making a financial contribution, we would encourage you to do that and encourage you to go to eastlakecc.com to help support Eastlake as a community and continue to make these messages possible. Thanks so much for uh, letting me interrupt your message. Let's jump back in. the like spiritual aspect yeah. because I think that's another thing, right? Especially in America, there's been a huge, there's a lot, there's generally some contention around like yeah. mystifying other spiritualities that aren't Christian and right. writing stories that are like either dark or suspicious or superstitious. It's never like a true honest depiction of it. And I think, right, how you guys are raising your family and doing it. I think that's also so compelling because it's a huge part of, Aziz's life, a massive right. part. Even even I would run it against most Christians in terms of like how devout it is. Right, right. I think it's kind of fascinating. And then also you as someone who I would argue is much like me, where you have spiritual thoughts yeah. and feelings, but you're kind of like, I'm doing my thing. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so yeah. and so like and so like what is what's that like? What's that experience like? Yeah, I mean, um meeting Aziz and coming to know about him and his relationship with his religion and how much um, Islam provided such a sense of, 
um, stability and like uh, just community for him and like sense of hope and purpose was, I, I think that's relatable to anyone that's been raised in, you know, with religion. So I felt like seeing the results of that, like just from who he was as a person, his character, nothing about that was like scary. Like he's such a good person. And that was always reassuring to me. And then at the same time, um, you have religion and then you have culture, culture on top of it. And that's, I think where it gets really messy. And like, um, this is the same thing with Christianity. If you have Christianity and then you just see some other culture that's doing something a little crazy with it, you know, it makes people kind of want to back away from it. Mm -hmm. And so you might have to, like, I kind of, when I found Aziz and found how, you know, his cultural differences and the way that he approaches Islam, like the, the way that he sees both of those things, um, there was a natural compatibility between me and him in terms of the lar like the beliefs that we have on our core values. So that was always there. But in terms of like, you know, yeah, he, how devout he is as a Muslim versus how devout I am as a Christian. Like I, I talked to him. Worlds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've talked to him about that when we were dating and he was like the one thing about um that he has talked to me a lot about Islam is like not judging other people. And he's just like, I love you for who you are. And like my religion teaches me that and I I I really he and we say that as Christians, like you know, we shouldn't be judging others, and only Jesus can judge them. Like we say stuff like that, but we all know what we mean when we say that. So it was so weird for him to say that and then really mean that. Like he really yeah. wasn't judging me, and truly that support kind of actually I think brought me closer to God because I I wasn't being pressured or made to feel any kind of way about not having like a close relation with God at the time. So. um I think there's like, and just like how he is, he just is a very, such a happy, fulfilled person. And so when it came to having children and raising them as Muslims, I wasn't too concerned because I'm like, he's so happy. He has such a, you know, great outlook on life. It's benefited him so well. And I'm excited to have my, to, for my kids to have the same, um, like maybe not the same, but you know, like a similar relationship. Yeah, for and, sure. and to also know that, like, I think the cooler thing is to know, like, growing up with a dad who, at the core, like you said, loves them and won't judge them, and like, right. hey, this may be the story that I'm handing you because it was so useful for me, but I also recognize that, like, Aziz is so incredibly warm that yeah. I, I feel like whatever your kids do, he will just be that dad. And, the, like, and that's I love some, you and support yeah, you. And that's and something I had to know ahead of time before we ever got engaged. And that's where that cultural aspect comes in and not just the religion. And I, I said to him, like, what if our kids turn out this way or that way or whatever? I need to know that I'm going into this with somebody that regardless of religion, that you're going to always be by our kid's side and you're not going to let something else come in between it. And he's always said, like, that's the way that God, you know, God makes them the way that he makes them. And he's like, it's my job to just support them through life. And we're just here to kind of like help them as much as we can. But that's kind of what it is. So again, like those things we see eye to eye on. So yeah, I, I and I think that's the point, right? And this is kind of like what my hope is. It was to, I talked about this a little bit in the first week, right? But it's that everybody's path toward a full life is different. Right. And yet what I said was like, there are some things that are universal like respect integrity right, right, right. generosity kindness these things matter but then when it comes to the things that we're drawing life from that fill our life like those things are very different for me it can be creative projects right mm -hmm, it could mm -hmm. be time with my kid it can be like watching movies or like you know 
doing like working out Mm -hmm. uh, you know or like being with friends and like you know on like a vacation or whatever but for some people it's like peace and quiet it's meditation it's yoga it's pottery it's whatever right and that's my point which is it's this combination which is what makes our life full and i think when i discover in people the sense that they're not living their biggest life it's usually one of those two areas is out of alignment. Mm -hmm. Either you're not living inside or in relationships operating in a way that you would hold as core. Mm -hmm. And then you, or you may not be engaging in your life, understanding that it's important to take time to enjoy it here and not just about doing the right thing, not just about trying to like be a perfect person, Mm -hmm. but about trying to really experience your life through the things that fulfill you. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's my point, which is when people do that, it's lovely to see how such different people from two different worlds, um, two entirely different cultures, two different religions, um, and like life stories. I mean, your husband is an immigrant, right? Mm-hmm. And immigrates here. He's mm-hmm. not from here, right? He has to absorb a whole nother culture, mm-hmm. all sorts of things. You're raised here, but then you have to make space for him. And it's like, well, when the core parts are right and when we have those like lovely boundaries around, mm-hmm. like these are the things that really make my life full and I'm not going to give them away. I'm going to honor and regard that like, there's something about me as a unique individual on this earth that finds deep value in that. And I have to acknowledge that and pay attention to that and give that real space to exist in my life where I probably won't be very happy when you can do that, how capable you are to walk alongside Mm -hmm. someone. You know what I mean? Like it's crazy to know people that grew up in the same city in the same time, have the same experience. And you're like, you're not able to walk together. I just think, I mean, I struggled with it. Let's be frank. (laughs) So, but, um, last question and then I'll let you cut you loose, which is what was the process? Cause I think there's people at all different phases of life. They all have different stories, traumas, wounds, experiences, journeys to where they're at right now. But if there's anything you could tell them of like when you got there and what you think was like a catalyst for that, kind of awakening Mm -hmm. of like i just have to like as i said like i said this at the end of the thing which is big new tattoo i'm getting but like that henry david thoreau court where says to thine own self be true Mm -hmm. like that concept is like to me rudimentary to a good life you you have to honor who you are and the way you're experiencing things and seeing things and i didn't do that for a very long time for you when did you think you had that awakening to like I have to be honest with who I am yeah. and be real about where I'm at because that I think for most people is the moment that they sh- begin to start loving their life. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do I, you see that I know true? that for sure. Okay. I think that for me, I had my first daughter at 23. So that's when it happened because after I was still really young and still had a lot of my, you know, friends that were just friends kind of out of convenience or, you know, proximity and hadn't really, gotten good at boundary setting and and knowing my true self and then when I had my daughter and I know she was about like two and I started working in tech and I realized like uh I have to come home and I have to have energy to take care of her and I have to lead by example and I couldn't just be out here hanging out with people that were draining my energy or like not even the people, but maybe the dynamic is like draining and going to work and just getting walked all over and, you know, kind of doing whatever they wanted me to do and not sticking up for myself and then trying to show up and be like telling my daughter, but like, you can do it. Like be confident. Like, no, I was like, I, I felt like for her sake and for my sake, like I have to learn how to put myself first in 
the most true like meaning of that like truly what is putting yourself first it's not just like going to the spa and getting your nails done it's like what do you genuinely need to be happy and encouraging everyone else around you to prioritize their own happiness and like their own self as well and I encourage my daughter my daughter do that all the time like you have a responsibility to take care of you and I want like what is it you need to make sure you're getting good rest make sure you're you know having good energy able to face the day head on maybe that's like having you know conversation or one-on-one time with mom and dad or maybe it's whatever but working to identify those things and giving your space giving yourself space and the you know ability to go and do that and take time away from whatever you feel like you're not you know, tending to at the moment and not feeling guilty about it. I want that for her, which means I have to do it for myself. Money. Super good. Thanks. Okay. Thank you. I love you. I love you too. Well, hey everyone. Thanks so much for joining us for uh, the second week. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with me and my sister. I just think she's brilliant. Um, and I really like, I mean, I think I can talk a lot and have a lot of probably too many words and things get confusing. And I think the way Callie communicates is so straightforward and honest. And the thing I like is we talked about this a bit the first week that it can be challenging to be prescriptive around what's best for someone's life. But the way she articulated certain things like treating others the way we'd like to be treated, right? This basic concept of how we honor the people in our life and treat them as we would like to to be treated, to have that sense of autonomy, to have those spaces in our life, to continue to maintain that relationship with ourselves is so vital. I like that she talked about boundaries, right? This idea that letting anyone walk all over you, letting relationships go wherever they, they wanna go and not being intentional about what really is the purpose of this relationship? What's appropriate? What's life-giving? What's fulfilling? What enables this relationship to truly thrive? And managing those boundaries is critical. Um, I love that she talked about how when she was younger, right, she kind of had this inborn sense, but it was also about having a community of people that really support that, right? She talked about how you have to be good with yourself before you enter into something, right? That you know who you are and you're at peace with who you are, your strengths, your flaws, whatever it is. And that when you bring that person into relationships, right, then it's so much easier to achieve a fullness and a wholeness inside a relationship instead of people may be putting on another person this really heavy burden and responsibility of constantly pleasing them, of of filling all these holes that we kind of have to be the authors and the minders of our internal world. And I think when we do that, we really get to put, uh, we set someone up for success in relationship, right? And that, that can be a friend, that can just be an ally, that can be, you know, our children, our, our parents, our siblings, our, you know, partners, whatever it is, setting them up for success because we've done the hard work of finding a way to experience our life is full, that we've been truthful, like she said, about what's at the bottom um, and what we truly need to be okay. So I hope we take that with us um, as we go through this week and in our relationships. I hope it's, if anything, just a reminder. I know a lot of it's not groundbreaking news, but I think it's easy to forget, easy to get distracted, easy to fall into old patterns. And so I hope, as it was for me, a moment of like, that's right, that's right, that's what's important. So I wish you all so much luck. Um, not only in life, but also in your relationships this week. And I hope you feel that deep sense of fullness as you begin to honor yourself and honor the relationships you have. And I should say before I go, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. I happen to be one. I do think it is the gig of gigs. Um, and I could ramble about it for endless hours, so I will not keep you. But 
I do hope even for the dads, it's a good reminder that I hope this day you take the time to think about what you truly need at the bottom to be happy, to feel your life is full and to honor that. And I hope you find the space to do it. And to all the fathers that were, that are to be, um, and that are, uh, I understand everybody shows up to this day with different thoughts and different spaces. And I recognize that and I honor it. And also to all those dads doing that hard work out there of being a good dad and loving the people we're responsible for. So much praise and so much love to you. So thanks for joining us. I hope you'll be back for week three of Life to the Full. And until then, take care. Peace. Thank you for joining us. To make a donation, head to eastlakecc.com slash donate.